This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to buyersauto.com and find the greatest and widest selection of new and used vehicles anywhere in central Ohio. If you're looking for Ohio State recruiting coverage and stuff of that nature, stay right here today. Myself, Zach Carpenter, and Spencer Ulbrich are going to talk about a number of things about the Buckeyes and the world of Ohio State football recruiting. So uh, what exactly it's going to be, we don't always know. Sometimes we just wing it. So let's get to it. Spencer's here, Zach's here, I'm here. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Auto, as I said, just about, I don't know, four seconds ago, guys. Um, it's, again, we're in this part of the season where I think Ohio State recruiting fans are watching around the country every week. There's these huge marquee games and tons of players flocking to everywhere, here, there, Georgia, Bama, Florida, uh, you can, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, blah, 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 blah. And Ohio State is just do, 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 do. And I'm telling you, as someone who has covered this now for a decade, uh, longer than both of you two have, this feels very slow to me. How does it feel to you guys? It's, this is exactly what I was talking about. Like one of our first episodes where they get that big Oregon game. They come out of the gate hot and strong with a big non-conference marquee game to have a big visits weekend. And then we have a um, month and a half, basically a month and a half before their next marquee game. And that's life in the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten. Well, I was going to say especially the Big Ten East, but I think that's just because Iowa seems to be given uh, the Big Ten West a slightly better name at the top. But yeah, this is kind of what we thought, right, Spencer? I mean, that was going to be Sort with with visits wise, it was going to be it was going to take a little while. We might hit this kind of lull, and that's exactly what's happened, right? Well, I think if if Ohio State had its pick, it would probably have the big games be like for recruiting, be like Tulsa and Akron, because then they could spend more time with the players and not have to worry about the game as much. But the players obviously want to see the big games, and Ohio State just doesn't have any right now. And uh, that Penn State game is going to set it to be absolutely massive, and uh, I'm sure you know the. A couple other games here and there, maybe the Purdue game it has some visitors. Michigan State might have some visitors. That's another big game. I think Michigan State could be a big recruiting weekend uh, after the Penn State game clears. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just slow. Uh, you're you're right, Berm. It's it's incredibly slow right now. Yeah, and the Big Ten, along with the Fox Television networks, are not doing Ohio State any favors with the scheduling. Uh, aside from the fact that all of the marquee games in the Big Ten East are scheduled in at the last weekend of October and into November, which means that anyone who does make visits, especially kids from Florida, California, Texas, Arizona, are coming up in the crappy time of year weather-wise. Uh, again, we see this weekend here for Maryland, uh, it's homecoming of Ohio State. It's a game the Buckeyes should win quite handily if all things you know being equal. Um, and yet for the, you know, a player like Ernest Green, for example, he's not going to be able to take his official visit to Ohio State this weekend because, again, it's a noon game, and that puts the Buckeyes in a bind where they're not able to get some of these kids on campus. Sure, they're going to have some big-name players on campus led by 
AJ uh, AJ Harris, the five star cornerback out of out of Georgia, Bama, Bama, Georgia. He's right there. I basically I think he lives on the state line. So I don't. I, I think if he stands with one foot, like stretched out a little bit, I think he's on both states. But I don't. Well, know. I keep wanting to refer to him as a Georgia as a Georgia prospect because he's so close and that just flows so well to get uh, a five star potentially get a five star out of Georgia. So I think me and Berm keep going back and forth, calling him a sort of a, a pseudo Georgia prospect. Yeah. I think Columbus, Georgia and Phoenix city, Alabama are the same city, just depending on which side of the street you're on. So I, I don't, I, that, that said, I'm not a geography major. I, I don't know. Um, but he's visiting, you know, we'll see other names. Of course, CJ, CJ Hicks will be back in town, you know, like always. And it, it is one of these weekends that's good for Ohio state for relationship building. It's a key opportunity as Spencer said, for a player like AJ Harris, this will be the one game day visit he does make to Ohio State. You know, you know, Zach, you and I've talked about how him and his family want a little bit more of a chance to build a relationship with Matt Barnes. Maybe this weekend gives them that opportunity because the game will be over at three thirty, and then they have the whole evening on Saturday to you know associate, hang out. Um, but when you're talking about the big marquee names, I mean, I, I talked to Omari Abor, the the borderline five star defensive end from Texas, a few days ago, and he said he was trying to get up to Ohio State, but Right now, the way the economy, I mean, the kid's talking about the economy. He said, you know, the way flights and this economy, so, flights are so expensive that these kids are having a difficult time uh, figuring out how to make it because the way that things are shaping up um, for gas price, I mean, it's stupid, but, you know, the, all these things tie into what Ohio State's trying to do. And that is the risk they ran by having essentially all of their top targets take official visits the, as soon as recruiting opened up, isn't it? Yeah, and I think Ohio State probably expected a couple of those guys to to make a decision by now, if we're just being honest. We gave them all truths here, and I'm sure Ohio State would have been happier if some of these guys would have made decisions after these those June visits. But now you kind of just got to live with it and figure out uh, how to get these guys on campus because that's going to be the key moving forward. I mean, I know that it's hard to kind of pressure a kid to spend his own money to come to campus, but at the same time, you really got to make sure that these guys know that their priorities by inviting them and making sure they know that, that, you know, you want them back on campus. I think that's the biggest goal right now is to just, you know, stay in their ear and make sure they know, you know, if you, it's going to be time well spent and money well spent if you make the trip to Columbus this fall. And correct me if I'm wrong, Berm, you've been doing this seven more years than I have, but when you hear, uh, when you hear a, a athlete, a prospect say something like that, isn't that usually what kind of, it's almost night. I wouldn't even call it an excuse, but one of those things where, like they're not if they're not gonna they, like something that they just say to make sure that like yes I'm interested in making the visit but there's one or two snags that to where I can't make it up there I mean haven't you heard that like a hundred times and then prospect never ends up visiting yeah I mean you know the good thing is that Abor did visit officially in June but like any other relationship in people in people's lives that we can splash a big relationship advice uh, uh, you know logo on this one. Uh, you make time for what matters uh, and you make an, you make sacrifices to get where you need to be. And you make sure that like, if you want to be, if that's a place you want to visit for a game, you find a way to do it. Um, ironically, there never seems to be a problem for people visiting Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida. I don't know how that happens, but Ohio state seems to struggle to, to get those unofficial visits to happen. Uh, you know, I guess you, again, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how math works, but it seems like those things figure a way them to work out. But um, 
do with that what you want. But, you know, obviously the, the reality here is Ohio State has 14 commitments in the class of 2022. They have one commitment in the class of 2023. They have not added a bunch of guys to the list. And I think that that's what's important to, as you start to really try to evaluate where their confidence level is or where they think they are, understanding, Spencer, that there hasn't been a rash of new offers out there. There hasn't been a handful of new defensive line offers, even though uh, Kenneth Grant committed to Michigan, even though Chris McClellan right now might be heading back towards uh, Oklahoma, even though um, you know there, there are changes with some of the key guys we've talked about. They're not panicking, which either indicates that, A, they feel better about things than people are giving them credit for, or B, the roster being so young gives them flexibility to only take 18 or 19 this year if that's all they want. Uh, I think it could be a little of column A and a little of column B. I think they feel comfortable with where they're at with some of these prospects. And that's usually the biggest tell for Ohio State is if you see new offers going out in, in that class, you know that you know they're, they're open to searching for new guys to bring in because things are trending in the wrong direction. I think Ohio State's pretty confident right now because because of, like you said, Berm, the the position that the, the position they put themselves in with some of these elite recruits on the defensive line, you know, they're just going to, you know, with Tyleek Williams and Jack Sawyer and JT Law, like if you want to come play for Larry Johnson, we'll have you. But if you don't, we've got a young enough roster where, you know, and this is Ohio State talking, you know, we got a young enough roster where if you don't want to come play for us, then, then we'll just roll with those guys and, and try again in 23. And I think that's a pretty good strategy to have because you don't want to start lowering your standards if you're Ohio State to, recruits you, you need to keep the standard high and they've targeted the guys who they believe fit the standard and, and can live up to that standard and other than that you don't take anybody else i don't think yeah and that's something i've said for a while zach right the buckeyes don't do pity offers they don't and it's not pity offers to players that aren't good enough to play to last day but also it's not pity offers and like oh we're, we're struggling to recruit someone so let's offer someone that isn't good enough yeah i think we've said this ad nauseum like dozens of times in the past of you don't just you don't just bring in someone just for numbers. Um, yeah, you need depth, but I think with the numbers they have, um, the talent they have on the roster, they they have enough depth on in the defensive line room. And um, like like Spencer said, I don't think they're I think they're comfortable with what they have because uh, you have two things in your bag if you're Ohio State. You have obviously you have Larry Johnson, and then you have three freshmen who are starting to come into their own on that defensive line with. Tyleek Williams, JT, Tua Malowau, and even Jack Sawyer, maybe. And even Michael Hall. Yeah, and Mike Hall, too. Um, and I think it's that's a good pitch for Ohio State to have is we have the best defensive line coach in America. And if you have the talent, you come in in your first year and we're going to play you. I think we're seeing that kind of play out um, over the course of the first few weeks. And uh, they, they have seven defensive line uh, offers out, I think, right now. And um, I'm curious. I know we, we talked about defensive line dominoes and stuff like that. Is there maybe one you think that that kind of controls the center of that at, at all or, or not really? I mean, you think they might start falling soon as we head into end of the middle of, of October? Well, I mean, I've long held that I think that Caden Curry may be the most important player left on the Ohio State recruiting board, regardless of position. I think that even uh, and I think that he's so important because of the flexibility he brings. Uh, obviously, you're looking at a player that can play inside or outside. You're looking at a player that's regional. You're looking at a player that they identified earlier than everyone else and, and said, that's our guy. Um, I, I think that 
you have an opportunity with players like Curry with, you know, I, I still think Omari Abor is a real opportunity for Ohio state. Um, I don't, I don't know where he fits exactly in this class or when he decides, but all these kids have, have been back and forth and I'm going to commit early. I'm going to w- wait until signing day. I get like, it can't, it constantly changes. And I mean, Zach, we've, we've talked about Curry so many times, but this is a kid who does not have any panic in him at all about this process. There was conversation about going to Alabama last weekend for the Alabama Ole Miss game. He wasn't even sure if he was going to take that official visit until like last Thursday. And he's like, oh, no, I'll just not go. I'll go in a month from now. Like Ohio State, in their mind, they're probably pulling out their hair going, okay, we need these things to happen so that the decision can get made. But at the same time, you can't force a kid. And on the other side, they're like, okay, if he decides at the last minute to go to Alabama or Indiana or Oregon or Clemson, um, the, the way that recruiting is now, the way that essentially for schools like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, like the rest of college football can be a feeder system for those guys. If, if they get into February and they're still missing a couple of pieces, it's pretty easy for Ohio State to make it known that, oh boy, we could really use another defensive end. And all of a sudden, players from all over the country that are, you know, juniors in college can go, I would like to play at Ohio State, please. And, and the, the game has changed so much that I think that Ohio State's not holding spots for the transfer portal, but the transfer portal opens up this other door that if you do fall short on the guys you target in high school, you have an opportunity to go out and get college players to replace them. So it's this, it's this entirely new dynamic that I think everyone's trying to sort through. Don't you think, Spencer? Yeah, and I also think that, like, you know, Ohio State takes this approach where some other programs don't, where, like, they're not going to force anyone out of the program. So, like, there's a lot of these guys that we've expected were going to be gone after this year that aren't having the kind of seasons that we really expected them to have who have extra eligibility due to either another year naturally or with the COVID year. And so I think this is one of those things where Ohio State's not going to panic because, yeah, they'll take another guy who's been developed for four years by Larry Johnson who could be developed for a fifth year by Larry Johnson, probably over. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A freshman in college who is green and is going to be developed by Larry. So, I mean they have a lot of options. Like you said, the transfer portal, but also the, the COVID year that's going to allow some of these guys, you know, let's, let's take, for example, maybe a, a Tyreek Smith, a Javante Jean-Baptiste. Like these are really talented guys. Even a Zach Harrison, if he uh, doesn't put up the numbers he wants and doesn't have the, the, you know, draft profile that maybe he wants to have come back for another year. Like, do you really need more guys? We talk about the guys that are going to leave. Well, maybe they won't leave. And I think Ohio State's starting to understand that maybe they won't leave. And so you've got all this mix of young talent on the defensive line. You've got these guys who have another chance to come back. And then you've got these recruits who, sure, like you can make as big of a pitch to them as you want. But if you don't get them, you've still got a lot of talent in that room to work with. And you go back to the drawing board and start over in 23. Yeah, Zach, let me think about it. Preseason, we we all thought like Zach Harrison, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyreek Smith, Tyler Friday, who's already said he's coming back next year. The the idea – was that all those guys would be gone after this season. 
And now there is at least, as Spencer said, a consideration for Zach Harrison, who's only a junior, that he could return. That Tyreek Smith, who struggled and hasn't played well, could return uh, and, and dealing with injuries. So doesn't that change the 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 necessity? That's hilarious. That's literally exactly what I was going to ask you. I was going to set the table for you. So I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I, I I do think that's got to be in in some of these guys' minds, like uh, like Caden Curry or uh, Kenyatta Jackson, some of those guys of, well, maybe I need to wait and prolong this decision to see whether or not guys like Zach Harrison or Javante Jean-Baptiste, whether they do develop and maybe they do need to come back for another year. And that that has to affect the the number of defensive linemen that Ohio State will take in this class because we keep saying the number five over and over again or four at minimum. But if you have a couple of guys unexpectedly come back for that extra year or they don't enter the NFL draft, then, I mean, that does that number then go down to maybe three, four, four at max, three at minimum? I mean, yeah. you would think it probably would have to, right? You, you certainly see reason to think it would change. And I think this, you know, before, and we'll get off this topic afterwards, but I think that if you're looking for an explanation or something to point to as to what makes Ohio State in a lot of ways fundamentally different than Alabama or Georgia, et cetera, Georgia is thinking like looking at taking 31 or 32 players in this class of 2022. Ohio State has maybe going to take 18 or 19, maybe 20, depending on what happens with Xavier Wampa and Zion Branch. Um, so the Buckeyes are, are sincerely concerned about the super senior problem around college football and how it affects their roster. And they're not just making moves and then saying, we'll figure it out later. They're saying, we need to figure this out now before we can really offer more players. Um, and, and I think that that's interesting. Spencer, I don't wrap it up. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off at all, but like, uh, that's, I want the, that's the difference between Ohio state and some of these other programs. Like Ohio state's not going to force any of these guys out. And so that's why Ohio State's more concerned about super seniors. I'm not going to say anything about any other program. I'm just going to tell you, Ohio State's not going to kick players out of their program for you know lack of uh, production or not meeting the five-star hype that they had out of high school. Or you know, if guys transfer out of Ohio State, it's because they want to leave Ohio State. It's not because Ohio State tells them you need to leave. And so, you know, like that's the thing. Like Ohio State's probably only going to take 20 maybe 21, like you said, 19, 20, maybe 21 tops if things get a little sideways. But like that's just the way that this is going to go. And I think it's better to set the table for fans about that right now because when you look at those recruiting rankings in Ohio State, you know, a couple years ago, they sat at number 14 in the rankings. I think they only took 17 or 18 guys. Like, Yeah, that was, could, that was when Urban Meyer was leaving and Ryan Day was taking over. There was obviously a transition that yeah. had – but again, the roster was very young. And so they're like, why do we need to panic here? Yeah. And so, you know, if you only take 19, 20, 21 guys, like you, you might find yourself eight, nine, 10 in the recruiting rankings, especially when Penn State's going to take 30 guys, when Georgia's going to take 31 guys, Alabama takes, you know, 96 guys every year. So, I mean, that's just the way that this thing's going to work. And Last just, point. Just Go ahead, to, the, to, it kind of brings it back full circle, right? To what we were first talking about the fact that Ohio State doesn't need to add extra offers just to bring in one guy or two guys because they, because of this COVID year, that super senior number. And just final point is it's interesting because I think we, we kind of all thought like six, seven months ago, whatever the timeline was, this was going to be like a class of 23 or 24 guys and was going to compete for that recruiting crown when Quinn Ewers and Jaheim Singletary were obviously still in the class. But I think it's fascinating how much has changed because now this could be 
one of its smallest classes potentially in the last five, six years to where, when it looks like it was shaping up to be like 23 or 24, but. Yep. You, you can't spout out off the slogan developed here if you're not willing to give guys a chance to get developed. And so Ohio State's not going to give up on players. They're not going to push players out. They're not going to, you know, try to turn over the whole roster every other year. Uh, and that is making the 2022 class feel like it's moving pretty slow right now. But, you know, again, Zach, we're talking October 30th, that Penn State weekend. We know that Xavier Wamp is going to be there. We know Zion Branch is going to be there. There's conversation that Caden Curry is going to be there. I expect Ernest Green to be there. I think that there's conversation at least happening with Kenyatta Jackson about him being there. Omari Abor's been trying to get himself like that. That weekend is going to bring back so many of the players that visited together on June 4th that it's interesting to me like that could be sort of the bookend of the official visit weekend that started five months ago. So neither here nor there. Uh, let's talk I can, about I can already time. tell I can already tell that in your mind if that happens you're like working the story of this yeah. like dramatic like right, <laughs> exactly it's the first like, chapter in the last chapter right and, and I think that it's the way Ohio State recruits it, it is about relationship building it's about making sure that these kids know 100% that's where they want to be. A lot of these kids that I just mentioned had the the feeling after their, their official visit in June, like, hey, I should commit. And Ohio State, to their credit, doesn't push the envelope, doesn't tell kids, hey, you need to commit right now or you lose your spot. They encourage kids, go visit other places, go make sure that this is where you want to be. And in some cases, it can open the door for, for Iowa, for example, who's going to host Xavier Wampa for the third time already this season. Uh, this coming weekend as they play Penn State to, to really make a move. Now, that's a risk for Iowa if they go out, if they were two and two right now instead of four and oh and playing some of the best football in the country, maybe that feels different. But, you know, these are the risks you run. Um, and, and you know that the Midwest right now, everyone's aiming for Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State. I guess that's, I'm still going to consider Penn State the Midwest. But remember, folks, I am not a geographer. Uh, ish. geographer knowing personer. Yeah, that's just not me. Um, but you know, all these schools are aiming for Ohio State, and all of them are pointing to the Buckeyes and saying, "Oh, they have all these young guys. They got all this. What do you need to go there for?" Um, and and I think that it's just fascinating as you watch it unfold. So anyway, let's talk about the offensive line on this episode of Talking Stuff, presented by Buyers Auto. Um, two guys still committed: Tegra Shabola and George Fitzpatrick. And then there's this hovering group of Ernest Green, of Cam Dewberry, of Carson Hinsman, of Billy Shrouth, who still hasn't committed anywhere, uh, Emil Wagner. There's these five guys left that the Buckeyes are considering for this final spot, and none of them seem like they're, uh, you know, wanting it. Is that a major problem? I just don't. Both of you, in, in unison, on the count of three, <laughs> is it a problem? One, two, three. I no. think so. Oh, we got I think, I think so. so. No, have, I love it. You have six guys or however many, and I it feels like Ohio State isn't in a good position for any of them. And we talked before about how I mean, Berm. I think it's it's your opinion. I uh, I share that too. That four is four linemen is probably the number they should be shooting for, and instead you're only you're probably only going to get three. And it feels like with with the targets they still have left that they're not in a great position for any of them. I mean, Spencer, you you go. I know you, me and Spencer disagree on the Carson Hinsman uh, positioning there. Yeah, Spencer, tell Zach why he's stupid. Go. Zach, you're stupid because if Carson oh. Hinsman wanted to be committed to Wisconsin right now, he would be committed to Wisconsin right now. 
Like, here's the thing. Like, we talk about this with Ohio State all the time, but, like, we never talk about it with other programs. Like, this is a 2022 guy who's in who's three months from signing day, has had a Wisconsin offer longer than, you know, any other player has had a Wisconsin offer. And he's from Wisconsin, sees what Wisconsin does on the offensive line, and isn't committed to Wisconsin. Like, that's – there are tea leaves that you have to read sometimes. And I feel like this is just one that's being completely ignored because, like, ah, he's from Wisconsin who go to Wisconsin. Like, like, Emil Wagner is the exact same way at Ohio State, in my opinion. Like, if he wanted to be committed to Ohio State right now, he would be in the class. He doesn't want to go to Ohio State. He's finding reasons not – and that's what I feel about Carson Hinton. Like, this is a guy who has Ohio State and Wisconsin in his top two, and it, it should be a foregone conclusion he's going to Wisconsin. The fact that we're even bringing him up on this show – tells you what you need to know about this guy. And I, I, you know, I don't know him. I don't have any inside information. You just sometimes got to look at things from a, a 30,000 foot perspective berm and, and get the perspective in there of if he wanted to be in that class, he would be in that class. And I think Ohio State's going to pull off this upset. I think he's just the kind of guy who goes to Ohio State. Now, Zach, t- tell Spencer why he's stupid. I, th- I like this new therapist role I'm playing. Go ahead. I think Spencer's stupid. He has a stupid face. And now I'm, now I'm upset. Um, I think, yeah, with Carson Hensman, if you wanted to be in the Wisconsin class, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's also, he also, he, he has plenty of time to figure out to compare the two programs, uh, side by side. And I don't know by the time, if he does make a second visit to Ohio state, he's going to see, he's going to be able to compare the development side by side again. And, and the relationship he has with, with, with Wisconsin, I think, is, pro- is stronger at this point. And we see time and again. And with, with recently, a lot of the offensive line recruits that I've, I've been talking to over the past month, it's just the relationship isn't there with Ohio State like it is with others. And what do we always come back to? Number one factor in recruitment is comfort and relationships. And even if the development is there, if Wisconsin and Ohio State's offensive line development is squared up, if they're even equal – then the relationship stuff is going to, is going to win out. And I think that's going to happen here. That's just, that's been my read on it, my feeling on it. Yeah. I think it's just a fascinating recruitment to follow because again, it's not a guy that Ohio state fans or even Ohio state recruiting writers have talked a lot about over the last few months, because the belief was that he's a kid from Wisconsin. He's just going to go to Wisconsin, but he did, you know, visit Ohio state in the summer. He made an official visit um, in June. He came back for an unofficial visit for the Oregon game. Uh, hearing from people that he wants to make sure he gets back to Ohio State one more time before he makes a decision. All those things are indicative of a kid that's very interested in the Buckeyes program. And I think that there's a piece missing here that for athletes, you want to be the best and you want to play at the best. And Ohio State, that challenge is different than it is at Wisconsin. And that's not a knock on Wisconsin because they're struggling this year, whatever. It's, it's historical. There's a million data points to prove it, that Ohio State is a different level of place than Wisconsin when it comes to college football. And so I think you have to ask, or I'd like to ask Carson Hinsman, how much of that data point matters to him and his decision? Because there are kids out there who say to themselves, hey, I'm, I can play at Ohio State. I can play at Alabama. I can play at Georgia. I like once you have that opportunity, that's a that's a unique um, chance to prove yourself. And sometimes staying home is the path of least resistance. And so it's just assumed 
And if we go back to Emeka Abuka from a year ago, Emeka Abuka had people all in his ear forever and ever. You, you know, why would you go to Ohio State? They got so many good receivers. Why would you go to Ohio State? And the reason he wanted to go to Ohio State was because he wanted to challenge himself against that group. Not to say Ohio State's Wisconsin offensive line disparity is that large, whatever, but uh, there is certainly a different mindset that you have to have to say, I'm going to Ohio State regardless of how close Wisconsin is to me, regardless of the fact that Wisconsin's a pretty good program. Yeah. And, but, sorry, Spencer, go ahead. Fight, fight, fight. Berm, your insistence on pitting us against each other is harming the cohesiveness of this show. I think it's making it better. We're uh, on the message boards. We're coming at each other. We're supposed to have some sort of pay-per-view boxing match. So here uh, we go. We're duking it out on the Talking Stuff podcast. I love it. I guess. I guess there's the level, Berm, of you know that that challenge of playing at Ohio State, but also like you know Wisconsin's getting punked on the field right now by Michigan and Notre Dame and like all the programs that are supposed to be like the second tier in the Midwest and Wisconsin this year is like slipping in that. And then you see Ohio state starting to, to revitalize itself and you're going to see Ohio state, you know, uh, presumably they're going to be the favorite in the games against uh, an Iowa in the big 10 championship game, game against Michigan, a game against Penn state. And you, you just look and, you know, that challenge becomes even more evident as Wisconsin sits at, you know, a seven and five or an eight and four, or, you know, even like a six and six, they don't look very good right now. And then you see Ohio State competing and trying to push for the college football playoff. Like those opportunities are are real, and they come at you very quickly and very uh, they kind of slap you in the face. And and when you look at those opportunities, along with that challenge and that athletic spirit, like you were talking about, of just wanting to 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 have that challenge, I think this is a battle that is going to. The longer it plays out, the more Ohio State needs to feel good about where it is. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's an interesting you know thing to just watch because, again, if Wisconsin goes out in week one with uh, Carson Hinsman in, in attendance and blows out Penn State and then beats up Notre Dame and then beats Michigan, this it probably makes it easier for Hinsman to say, hey, you know what, maybe I just need to stay home. We, they, there's something building. But when you're a program that is year on, year off, year on, year off, year on, year off, or in their case generally – two years on, one year off, two years on, one year off, the way Wisconsin always seems to go. Uh, it, it does add a layer to the thing. And, you know, I'm, I, I think that if you're not looking at all the layers, Zach, then your, your, your dip isn't quite as tasty, correct? That's just a weird phrasing. Um, yep. How's, how tasty is your dip? Take me off. <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, the, one of the things I, I want to say, just – Looking at recent examples, there's two sides of the coin, kind of. Um, look at Zen Mahalski in the 2021 class. That was exactly why he chose to go to Ohio State is he he told me, why be why go to Louisville? He was committed to Louisville. Why go there and be good for three, four years when you go to Ohio State and eventually be, de- be developed into something great after four or five years? Because he knows he's not going to see the field till his third, fourth, fifth year. Um, and then you have the other side of the coin with Emil Wagner. And I bring that up because Carson Hensman wasn't offered till mid-June. And I know he told you that them offer Ohio State offering that late wasn't a factor, but um, I know Zen Mahoski was offered late. He wound up taking that route. He wanted the Ohio State path that uh, you guys were talking about. Emil Wagner, I think, I think Ohio State's probably running third in that recruitment behind Kentucky and Notre Dame. 
Um, and I think being offered that late was more of a hindrance to Ohio State's chances because, yes, you, you, you see that, that pathway that Ohio State can give you that you're talking about, but also it's a question of, yeah, but my, like more of a last-minute throw-in for death. I mean, I know Ohio State's going to be battling that, um, and isn't, isn't me. that just doesn't that just come down to who are you listening to? I mean, you know, I mean, there are certainly opposing coaches who are going to tell a kid who's in the state of Ohio, the Buckeyes don't want you. Otherwise, they would have offered you. And that's that's just simply not true. Well, some because, uh, kids listen to that, though. A lot right. Of well, they right. That's what I'm saying. It, they're listening to it more and more these days because other coaches are so good at at saying it and the programs that those other coaches are coaching for are getting better. So there's an opportunity to say that, say, hey, you don't need to wait for that offer because you can come play in the SEC and 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 cut your teeth against the best of the best every day. And exactly. Ohio State, if they, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's the problem, right? That's the debate. Um, Emil Wagner, you know, we'll talk about him for a second. He told me just the other day that uh, his intention right now is to make one more visit uh, this month at some point to Notre Dame and then make a decision after that. He does not want to take another visit to Ohio state or take another visit to Kentucky or another visit to Penn state, because then, and you know, we've, we've talked about Emil and his analytical side uh, in the past. This is a kid who wants the exact same number of data points for every school. He, if you go to Ohio state for the Ohio state Penn state game, all of a sudden there's one more dot for Ohio state and then he has to match up everyone else. So uh, he, he wants to visit Notre Dame for a game because he hasn't done that yet this season. And once that happens, he'll make a decision. And I agree. I think the Buckeyes are running behind uh, in that battle. I think they're running behind Georgia in the battle for Ernest Green right now. Uh, and, and he, Ernest Green was able to visit Georgia for uh, a home game there. He got to an, an official visit there. He also saw Georgia when they were playing against Clemson in Charlotte, um, Ohio State. He was supposed to visit for the Oregon game officially. Noon game didn't happen. The, the the replacement game was going to be this weekend against Maryland. Noon game didn't happen. If Penn State is a noon game, it's not going to happen. So, uh, the, I mean, Ohio State isn't going to go to the, the TV networks and say, hey, make us a night game, pal. But, uh, you know, I think right now, Spencer, we've talked about it over the weekend, uh, just you and me and Austin uh, in the car, but it looks like that's going to be a night game against Penn State. And that huge recruiting weekend is going to get even a, a bigger boost by having it be a night game under the lights, Halloween, Buckeyes and all Scarlet. That is going to be a show. And even if it is a 3.30 game or a 4 o'clock game, because I know Fox, if Fox has it and they don't want to put it at noon, Fox loves its 4 o'clock games. They don't like 3.30. The, the entire second half, like three-fourths of that game, will probably be under the lights regardless. So as long as it's not a noon game, I think it will make it a good recruiting atmosphere for Ohio State. As long as it's not a noon game, I feel like a lot of these guys will be able to make the trip because Ohio State simply doesn't play a lot of 330 games. But I do think that that extra three hours allows for some time to you know get on a plane and, and get to Columbus and see everything. So regardless of whether it's a night game or a 330 game, I mean, as long as it's not a noon game, Ohio State's got to feel good about what it's doing recruiting. And for the longest time, Vern, we talked about how, you know, the time of game doesn't really affect recruits. Now, when you look at Ohio State and this national approach that they're taking to the way they recruit, the time of the game absolutely is beginning to affect recruiting in ways that we probably didn't even realize it was going to, but it's right. it's definitely a factor at this point. It's not affecting the experience once they're there, Zach. It just stops them from getting there. Yeah, so two things. It, the time of the game, if, it, if we do line up to be a night game, 
that's 95% a positive for Ohio State because, like we said, I mean, Ernest Green, those, all those Bosco kids, they couldn't get out here for the Oregon game because it was a noon game. And uh, it, But it also comes back to what, what we said earlier is you want to get those California, Texas, Florida kids up to Ohio when it's in September, when it's warmer, October, if it's a night game, probably going to be a little chilly, which I know gives them a little preview of what life could be like at Ohio State, what the weather would be like. But just saying that's the extra added, that's the 5% negative for if it is, if it winds up being a night game. And second of all, you mentioned the all scarlet that a lot of people, I know a lot of Ohio State fans don't like those because it's not as traditional. That's not for Ohio State traditional fans. That's for the players. That's for recruiting. That's recruiting tactic. I mean, I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of the guys at Ohio State's recruiting and pretty unanimous that they think they all think the jersey are sick and they like want to take their those photo shoots with them. And um, they, in this case, sick means day, good, right? Sick means right? good. I'm an old. I'm an old. Sick means good. Not sick. Yeah, means sick. Bad. Actually, the kids say those are tough or those are heat. That's the yeah. that's the phrase. Those, those things also all mean good. Tough with two Fs, T U F F. Just so you know, okay. just to get you some get you some learning in here. But yeah, the, as an old uh, as an old, a lot of the lexicon is just lost. On less than an hour after those all scarlet color rush jerseys were announced, Brian Day and all the uh, some of the coaches were on the phone, either texting or calling recruits. Like and that was a topic that was brought up. That's very. I just wanted to mention that because it is a recruiting tactic. It's just another one of those little things that if it's all scarlet under the lights. Spencer, as one of the, as one of the youngs, um, would you be willing to go work for another outlet if they had tough, um, tough clothes? No, I like the clothes that I have here. I like fashion boys and girls fashion uh, guys. I'm, I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Cause I, I think we should be, I, I, I think we're done. With, with this, we're going to come back later this week. Zach and Andrew Ellis and myself are going to come back with a, a 2023 version of the list that we're going to talk about the top nine most important players in the class of 2023 for Ohio State. And uh, I bet you know who's at the top of that list, everyone. It's Sonny it's Styles. Arch, it's yeah. Arch Manning. Did you already do Sonny Styles for the list? No, but, well, we did. Yeah, yeah we did. Sun, yeah, yeah, Sonny was the uh, Sonny was the first and at this point only member of the list like individually in the class of 2023, but this will be the, the full, the expanded version. Yeah, before we get out of here, everybody make sure that you rush to Twitter and ask Berm if the Buckeyes are going to recruit Arch Manning. They're not. I mean, they would if they needed to, but, but they're not. So, and, and thank God for it, everyone. Cause <laughs> I couldn't, I can't handle another circus. Um, I, I, I mean, I could. I just it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So please don't ask me that on Twitter. <laughs> please don't. Um, what I, I think that's it. I, I, I had one. I had one last important thing. Speaking of the twenty-three list guys, um, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Is the the um, the AJ Harris visiting and having questions for the staff? I know. Uh, I asked Ryan Day on Tuesday if Harry Combs and Matt Barnes switching roles. Uh, with, with Matt going to uh, being the defensive play caller now, if that affects any, any uh, recruiting involvement or if Matt, Matt Barnes' role has expanded. And he said nothing's changed. They haven't had any questions or concerns about the future of those two guys and their roles. But I think – and that's – I assume that's 100% true. But 
that maybe parents and recruits haven't been asking about that. But I think that's going to change. I think that could change this weekend when when AJ visits. I think they're going to have questions, and it it's not. It's just about getting answers. About it's about Ohio State's staff being fort right forthright with what uh, what the plan is, and just keeping them um, involved in that process because Matt Barnes. Might be the might be the secondary co-secondary recruiter along with Kerry Combs for AJ Harris and other other guys like that. It's weird uh, because in the world of recruiting, sometimes the worst thing you can do is tell someone I don't know because you know it's almost like you'd rather not tell the truth because that at least you can explain away by saying oh things change. But when you're talking about the Ohio State defensive staff. There's a lot of I don't knows. I mean, the Buckeyes are obviously improving. Things are getting better. But I think the reason that Ryan Day and the staff hasn't gotten those questions is because recruits and their families would have to assume that the answer is going to be we don't know or that the answer uh, is subject to change. And, you know, I think for Ohio State, the most important way to answer that question is to go out on Saturday against Maryland and to show continued improvement and growth from a defense that looked Ohio State caliber against Rutgers. Now they have to do it against a slightly better offensive, uh, you know, unit at Maryland and keep growing. And that is the best way to answer the question is for Matt Barnes, Kerry Combs, all the guys that are running that defense to go out there and say, look, our defense is going to be fine. And, you know, some of the some of the questions will be about who's calling what, who's coaching what. But again, you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right, Spence? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Zach, you're right, because people are certainly going to be wondering. And if they're not asking it directly, they're wondering it privately. And I think it's incumbent upon Ohio State to get ahead of that and to say, hey, this is our plan moving forward. And, um, you know, with the asterisk right next to it, subject to change, because you just don't you don't know. And you don't have to tell them absolutely everything, but keep them in the loop. Keep yep. them in the loop and have them, like you said, the proof in the pudding. We got, I got it in there, Spencer. I got proof in the pudding in the podcast. We got the bingo card ready. It's, it's the more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm talking stuff presented by Buyers Auto. Fight, fight, fight. Thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, that's Spencer Holbrook. That's Zach Carpenter. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe. Give us a like, whatever else you can do on this thing. And, and don't forget to head over to on3.com. Sign up for the website and uh, $10 for a year gets you all of this, everything else we do at lettermanroad.com, including our Letterman Lounge, where we talk uh, recruiting and whatever else with you guys on the message board. So hopefully we'll see you there. Thanks for watching.